Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hi everyone, it's Patricia Warby here from Alchemy Therapies and today I want to talk a little bit about my usual subject but in a completely different way. Um, I'm going to talk to you today about what happens with intergenerational trauma and why we should care. Now, um, you've heard a lot about trauma, I'm sure, from me and from other people. It's the latest buzzword at the moment. It's very much in the news, um, certainly in alternative circles, um, well-being and mental health, perhaps not so much in conventional medicine yet, but I think that's about to change. Um, we are not biological machines in the way that perhaps modern medicine has put forward and some of the solutions that modern medicine comes up with are meant to kind of change things within the biological machine, certain processes or certain reactions within our biochemistry. But that's not really how we are or how we work. We're much more fundamentally part of our environment. We interact with our environment and not just um, on a grand scale, but also at the biological scale. So our DNA you know, the, the genes within our system, in our cells, were always previously thought to be like a fixed blueprint, something that you couldn't change, that only mutations would change. And they took several, you know, generations to change, if not hundreds of generations, you know, through evolution, which is considered to be a reasonably slow process. But we're seeing now a, an absolute explosion of chronic ill health um, in, in both mental and physical spheres. So anxiety is going through the roof, uh, chronic diseases of all kinds, particularly fatigue related illnesses, long COVID, um, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, chronic pain syndromes. And what nobody in conventional medicine is actually asking is what happened to you or what happened to your parents or what happened in your family line. Because what I'm going to cover today is that the genes are not a fixed blueprint after all. In fact, they are a dynamic interface with your environment and they have an energetic quality. They vibrate. They're not just a, a fixed set of molecules. They're kind of a static. Um, and they pick up certain markers which turn the genes on or off. And this is called epigenetics. Epi means above the genes. So it's, it's the latest understanding that we have about what happens to a human through their life course um, or even through the life course of their parents actually changes the way their genes react and opens certain genes up. It turns them on or it closes other ones down and turns them off. And these markers... Um, you don't need to know the, the chemical science behind that, but it's methylation that does that, um, which turns it on or off. And so um, a chemical marker is added to the gene through the experience because the body is trying, because it's very, very intelligent to interpret what's going on and change your response dynamically so that you survive, because that's its number one priority is to survive. It doesn't care so much about your quality of life uh, as long as you are alive. I mean, we are basically geared towards survival. And so um, what happened to you in your earliest experiences is actually recorded. It's recorded in your limbic brain, your emotional brain. It's also recorded throughout your autonomic nervous system and therefore in your body, in your posture, in the way you um, react to things, your, your nervous system flexibility, if you like, or resilience. 
but it may also be from your parents' experiences as well. And, and so what's really important to understand is that this is not necessarily anything that you can control. You can actually learn to change it and mold it and shift it, but you are not necessarily in control of what happened to, certainly you're not in control of what happened to your parents or your grandparents. Now, one of the things I do talk about is um, the birth experience as being one of the primary traumas for many, many people. And because it's very, very early, it imprints very, very deeply because a child is very uh, you know, vulnerable when it's born, particularly the human child, as compared to other animals. And so we do have this biological imperative, if you like, to survive through these experiences, but at the cost of shutting down certain essential processes that would waste or overexpend energy. And so if you imagine um, you come into the world and maybe your mother is stressed, she's stressed during the pregnancy or she's stressed uh, after giving birth, maybe she's lost someone, uh, a parent, she's lost a, a sibling or even you know a friend, some, something that affects her emotionally may also translate biologically through to you because, of course, when, when you're in the womb, you're connected biologically via the placenta. So the blood supply is connected. And we know that hormones, stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, course through the body and will actually change the way your body reacts. And of course, if you are connected to her, you're going to pick up her stress hormones and be flooded with her stress hormones during that process. So something that happens to your mother early on um, can definitely affect you. Uh, something through the birth experience itself, maybe, you know, it's a difficult birth or, or it's traumatic in some way. Emergency cesareans, for instance, are very well known to cause a, a sort of trauma reaction in the baby's mind and body. Um, which has long-term consequences for health in, in you know, future years. So any event really that happens to a person that makes them feel unsafe or under threat in some way, but it can also be a, a more moderate threat, like feeling alone or unheard. And that's also a common trauma. These um, situations usually through childhood where you are somehow not supported in ways that you need. Now, the question is, why, why are we having so many traumas now? Well, I think trauma is cumulative and the burden of trauma is just increasing generation to generation, particularly the way we live now, where we don't live in tribes, we don't live in communities that talk to each other, that support each other, that help each other. And so I think that's one of the factors. And we're seeing, of course, a huge rise in disease for that reason. And you'll hear people say, well, you know, diabetes runs in my family or heart disease runs in my family. But actually what the truth is, is that the predisposition factors, these trauma factors that change your expression of DNA is what's actually running in your family. So it really is quite an interesting thought, isn't it? So, so for me, for instance, the, the main factor when I was born was that I had a birthmark because I was suctioned into the world um, for whatever reason. I wasn't coming into the world as fast as the doctors wanted and I, I had to have some form of induction and um, that caused a, a great deal of damage on my skin and um, which didn't fade for probably up to a year. Obviously I'm not aware, I don't have recollection of that, but 
um, I am told by my brother that, that it was quite a, a big mark on my face. Now, can you imagine how a mother feels having had the much longed for child? In my case, I was the, the girl. She had the boy already. Um, and you look at that child and you see how their face is damaged or disfigured. And as a mother, you kind of feel guilty about that. Of course you do. Or you feel like it's my fault that the baby had such a difficult time. And I am sure those early experiences also of, you know, showing off the baby to people and then they look at you and go, oh, goodness, you know, what's happened to her? And uh, there would be an expression on their faces, which I think my body has downloaded that somehow I'm not acceptable because I can't see myself. And as a baby, of course, you're not individuated yet in other words you don't have a sense of self and other yet all you know is your environment isn't reacting in ways that feel safe or peaceful or or wholesome or good you're seeing people's expressions that are worried or or um, surprised and so that kind of neurologically sets you up and it isn't the only reason obviously that I have a high stress sensitivity and that my mother was also an anxious person and so I learned well um, how to be anxious and she learned from her mother I'm sure um, we tend to learn from our mothers because that, that's the strongest bond in our lives really and so there's kind of a, 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 a taught component to this there's a behavioral component to this but there's also this epigenetics which I've touched on which is where a high cortisol which is your main stress hormone it's the one that's supposed to switch everything off and and create this nice easy balance isn't working properly and you're just flooded with cortisol a lot of the time so you're very highly stressed and that kind of changes your whole uh, physiology over time it, it depresses your memory and your cognitive function and it makes you much more likely to be jumpy you know you've seen those kind of startle responses in people who are highly anxious well that's me um, the good news is it can be changed. And obviously I'm doing a lot of work on that. I have done a lot of work on that over the years. And I now work with people who have similar issues and just knowing, modulating your voice and modulating the way you hold yourself and how you smile and connect with people is actually a big part of helping people to feel safe. Um, and, and the other thing of course, is dealing with the unresolved emotions that lie in their bodies from their experiences or the experiences of their parents or grandparents. Um, because these epigenetic marks that I mentioned, they're actually inheritable. In other words, it may be nothing to do with your current life. And, and this is a common problem I have is that people say, well, I didn't have a difficult birth. I had a very normal childhood. I didn't have an issue. My mom and dad were great. I had a really great time, got on well with everybody. Um, but I still have this high stress response, then I'd be looking at what happened in the previous generation. And we'd be looking maybe at your one of your parents' expectations, but particularly your mother, because the mother line does actually translate down the generations more than the, the joint uh, mother-father. And there's a reason for that. So your mitochondria are, are little organelles in your cells, which are the basis of your energy function. They are the, the little factories in your cells which create the energy for every process in your body. But they are also little signaling molecules or signaling organelles that have um, a, a relationship with the microbiome, <clears throat> the microbiome in your body, which is 
basically all the microbes that live in your gut and on your skin and in your eyes and your hair and they're everywhere. They're, they're part and parcel of who we are, actually. They interact with us in myriad ways and they allow us to digest food, for instance, and get a lot of vitamins and minerals from them. Um, but the mitochondria are formerly bacteria that kind of fused with an animal cell hundreds of thousands of years ago and, and created life as we know it, really. It was this fusion. And so mitochondria have a lot of the same functions as the bacteria in and on your body, and they talk to each other. And so um, mitochondria, you might be interested to know, are inherited solely from the female line in your body. In other words, um, from your mother and her mother and the, all the mothers down the line. Um, they don't get crossed over in the same way that the nuclear DNA does. So in your nucleus, you've got chromosomes. You probably have seen pictures of them. They look like sort of two strands tied together. Um, and we've got 26 pairs of them. Um, and they get mixed from your mum and your dad and to create you. But your mitochondrial DNA are in little sort of loops um, within the mitochondria. And they get passed down solely from the female line. And so anything that happened to your mother or your grandmother or great-grandmother and so on, is actually more likely to be inherited. And this stress response, of course, is one of the major things. And so what I think we're seeing now is the gradual increase in unresolved emotional trauma. So anything that made you feel unsafe or unheard or unsupported. So it's not necessarily large things in your life. It can be small things. Um, you know, your parents moved away when you were having your first child or, or you, as I say, you lost somebody that you loved or your partner wasn't supportive or was uh, in two minds about having children or there, there were relationship difficulties. Anything like that actually gets translated is into this information, into this switching of your genes and not just your nuclear genes. So imagine, imagine then you, you've got this whole complex system, which is reading the environment that it's growing up in and translating that information into a propensity or a, um, a, a dynamic interface of your genes, what needs to be switched on, what needs to be switched off to work well. And a high stress response, therefore, is inheritable. You know, this need to be on alert, aware, overexposed to threat, uh, which downregulates loads of things in your body like repair and sleep and immunity and so I think that's why we're seeing the chronic disease burden rise and rise at the moment. And the answer is not more drugs. It's not more interventions that seek to resolve the end product of that, um, you know, surgery or drugs only deal with the end product or the symptom. It's actually resolving the root cause, which is at a biopsychosocial level, you know, uh, changing your emotional responses, healing your emotional responses so that it can be over. Um, it can be done. It can be resolved. And that's the kind of work that I do and I'm busy teaching. And so um, you actually solve the problem at the root cause rather than at the sort of final end product level. And that's why it's so successful. Now, if you're interested in hearing more about this, do check out the Emotional Audit Programme, which is running at the moment, but will be launching again early next year in 2022. And I'm hoping to run that um, regularly 
and also I'm developing now, uh, I'll be developing a masterclass as well for people who want to dive even deeper, because I think this information needs to be known. I think it needs to be understood. And more importantly, you need to have tools that you can use to help heal yourself. Um, it does help to have someone work with you, but there are many, many things you can do that actually help you. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, do get in touch with me and you can find me on alchemytherapies.co.uk, rebelhealthradio.com and now myemotionalaudit.com as well. All right. Well, take care, everybody. Look after yourselves. Bye for now. Hey, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.